Amen. Thank Paul, would you? What a, what a treat uh, to know some of the people that have gone before us and to see where God is leading. 20 years, 20 years of faithfulness. Uh, I hope that you saw the video. If not, we'll put it on Facebook and on our website or a few places where you can see it that opened our service. You might have been too busy enjoying each other. And if, if you were or if you came in just a tad late, uh, Chris McKeever and Chris Schneider put together sort of a you know, trivia. It's not really trivia because it's so many important things, but little details about the history of the church over the years, the places of mission trips, uh, the number of staff people, the various positions that they held. And it's sort of a, a look back and a history of Castle Oaks. If you saw that, then you know that there had been just an incredible cast of people that have made this church what it is today. And some are here today, charter members, and some visiting that have maybe gone on to worship with other bodies, but we're glad that everyone is here at this moment. There's been one constant over these 20 years for our church, a lot of people that have, that have made their home here. But in terms of our staff and uh, these kinds of things that we are looking back on, there's been, been one constant. This year, there's a staff person celebrating their 20th year with our church. Her name is Cindy Veith. And, yeah. And Cindy doesn't know anything about these next few moments. And so uh, she will make me pay in so many ways in the days to come. I know, right? Yeah, Rick's got to live with her. So the Apostle Paul, he said this, the body is made up of many parts. And he goes on to use this language to articulate how the body works and the hand and the feet and the eyes and the ears. We know that scriptures are very clear that Jesus is the head of the church. But that the body, this body of Christ, functions because of the many parts and the way that they work together. If Castle Oaks has a, a heart and if it's embodied in an individual, that person is Cindy Veith. There's nobody in this room whose life, time, growth, spirituality has not been touched by Cindy. You've gotten a phone call from Cindy. You've gotten an email from Cindy. Uh, Cindy stops you and remembers the names of the people that are a part of your life. She embodies the heart of Christ for Castle Oaks. I have never seen a church that has had somebody like Cindy so consistently a part of not only the church body itself, let alone staff. And when I was a part of the search committee process and interviewing, got the chance to meet Cindy and get to know her, um, you know, often when, when new staff begin, especially uh, uh, lead position staff, a lot of folks think, well, you know, now it's my chance to make an exit. And I just looked at Cindy and said, you're going to stick around, aren't you? I don't think I can make it without you. So not only is she the heart, but for me and for many of us who are especially new to Castle Oak, she is our memory because we asked Cindy, what happened then? What, what, what occurred over this period of time? How did we make it through? Now, the past, oh, nobody wants to live in the past. But the past is what we build the future on. 
And if you don't understand the past, then you don't understand how you're building. And every one of us who are new to Castle Oaks, we recognize that this year is about the fact that we have come in to look at the foundation of the church. Of course, the gospel is the foundation. And the bricks that were put in place by Herb and by Brad and by Paul and the other staff members and founding members and ministry leaders that we have seen. And and we build on top of all of that. If not, we would have, oh my goodness, can you imagine without an understanding of the past and the history? So Cindy is the heart and Cindy is the memory and she has guided us and loved us all through it. And so she's not going to want to do this either, but so we're going to make Rick come up with her. Cindy and Rick, if you would. I mean, yeah, yeah, come on up, both of you. Yeah, yeah. Rick, come up with her. Yeah, come on. Hey, Will, if you need to, put Rick on your shoulders if you want. You'll leave? Me too. I'm ready to go. Let's go get some pancakes. All right. Well, I can't make them. Anybody's tried to make Rick Veith do anything knows. No, I know. Uh, Cindy, we love you, and we're so grateful for you. And many of your friends and the people that are grateful wanted to give you a few things today. This, of course... Rick was going to have to help you carry it, but I guess you're going to have to carry it all on your own. This is a, a beautiful uh, painting. Oh, my gosh. And at the bottom, she used to come here. I know, <laughs> I know. At the bottom, it says, thanking God for you and for all the little things you do that make such a difference for so many. Castle Oaks, 2000 to 2020. And so... We'll find a a beautiful place in your home to to hang this. We'll put it right here so people can see it. And we'll make Rick come up and get it later and carry it to the car. (laughs) And this is just a gift to enjoy some some food and some time with, uh, with your family. And so, Lord, we are grateful for Cindy. And for the way that you have blessed us with her and the way she has in turn blessed the body. You have planned these days long before any of us drew breath. And so the foundation of her home, the foundation of her family, her parents, we're grateful. For you use our stories to build the lives of others. And we give you all the honor, we give you all the glory, but we somehow recognize that you choose us to do your work through. And so how you have worked through this, your servant. We give you praise, Jesus. In, in your name we pray. We all say amen. amen. We love you. The faithfulness of God is seen in you, all of you, and how God has worked in you. And it's been my privilege to get to know the story, not just of the covenant churches, but of course, the story of of Castle Oaks. And Donna and I feel like we're a part of your family and we're grateful to be here. When Jesus began his ministry, after he was tempted, before he'd done much of anything, 
he went into his hometown and he walked into the synagogue on the Sabbath. In fact, this is what the Gospels record. He came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, and he went as usual to the synagogue and he stood up to read the scriptures. He was handed a scroll. He was handed the scroll of Isaiah the prophet and he unrolled it. And when he unrolled it, he began to read this passage from Isaiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he, the Lord, has anointed me to proclaim, say it with me, good news to the poor. He has sent me to, let's say it together, bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release darkness for the prisoners. Some translations say, so that the blind would see. And he continued to read this passage and he said, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God and to do what? To comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. This is the promise that Jesus proclaimed before he had done anything in his ministry, in his hometown, in the synagogue, on the Sabbath. He said that the oil of, say it with me, joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Doesn't that sound incredible? Have you had any despair lately? Have you had fear? Have you had mourning? Do you feel like at times that you're the blind? trying to figure out where the blind are and where to walk and what to think and what to believe? Has hope been a little bit elusive for you? What about your anger and your frustration, your anxiety? When Jesus stood in front of the people of his hometown and he read this passage, these three verses, he then put the scroll away and he looked at them all and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In that moment, everything changed. Come on, don't, don't miss it. In that moment, everything changed. The air was the same. Nazareth was still the same group of people was about to drag him out to the edge of town because they didn't like what he said and what he was about to say next. There were lots of things that were going to happen. There were people in there, I'm sure, in the gathering that were sick and they were still sick and some that were maybe discouraged and they were still discouraged and some that were religious and legalistic and they may have been that exact same way. But when Jesus said, in this moment, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, everything changed. You may not have felt it. You may not have even seen it, but it did. Because the kingdom of God came in that moment. In other words, behind what we see is a reality that we cannot see today. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes our heart sees with spiritual eyes and we can see the good that God is up to. We can understand that he is at work. We can believe that God is still on the throne. But the headlines, the division, the rhetoric anxiety and the fear and the stuckness that we feel and the anger, it clouds our vision 
and we miss what God is really up to. But if you, if you remember some of the stories today and you see some pictures that remind you of God's goodness, this is all good, but remember this today. God has been faithful. This 20-year anniversary reminds us of his faithfulness. He's not about to change his character just because of a pandemic or an election. God is up to good. The very next verse in Isaiah 61 is this verse. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for a display of his splendor. Who will? Well, those who bring the good news, those who decide to take mourning and replace it with joy, those who decide to proclaim freedoms for the captives, those who decide that God is about the business of taking ashes and creating beauty. This is who will be called oaks of righteousness. It will be a people who decide to be generous and gracious and merciful and compassionate and forgive when they want to return instead anger. This is what God is up to. And it was this verse that guided the founding group of this church to commit to deciding that we will be God's people in this time, in this place, for this purpose. Castle Oaks, that's what we do. This month we've been praying through the Lord's Prayer. And last week we prayed through this section and I'm not ready to leave it behind. I don't think it's time to move on to the next little portion of of the Lord's Prayer. Maybe because of this passage in Isaiah and how important it is to us as a church body and the history of who we are. Or maybe it's just because of what's needed. What it means to proclaim freedom for the captives and mourning turning into joy and ashes turning into beauty. And Jesus saying, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so we pray today, your kingdom come. So what do we do then? Oh, we love. We love as if our lives depended on it. We forgive because forgiveness is what opens up the pathways to God's goodness to flow between people. We set aside grudges. What else do we do? Oh, we look for those who need to be lifted up and we lift them up. Those who have no position, no power, no authority. And we pay attention to the least of these in the way that Jesus instructed. What else do we do? Oh, we vote, don't we? I've got, uh, I've got my booklet. Did you get a booklet like this? I've got my ballot. It's, it's not filled out, so I don't care if you see it. Did you fill out your ballot? Do you read about the various portions of what you're voting on? Do do you believe that God will use you to change, to build, and to grow? Did you stop and say, Lord, I, I don't know if I have the answers, but I know I have some authority to cast my vote. 
as you read about the initiatives and the propositions and all the various things you could vote on, do you take into account the fact that God has placed in our democracy, our republic, the sovereign ability to chart a course? And do you prayerfully take that thoughtfully and seriously, knowing that God needs you to stand up and to move us in the right direction? you do that maybe you will this week and do you also know that in the in the glorious history of the covenant church that there's a very good chance that you're sitting next to somebody in worship whose ballot looks exactly opposite of yours and that God has put you in the body of Christ for that purpose so that you may learn from one another because I think I'm right but there's a good chance I'm not I mean, once or twice, I've been wrong before. And so God uses you and he uses me and we grow together. And God builds together the body of Christ. Last week, we prayed for Caitlin Durrani, a young woman in the car accident. And Caitlin and her family, they've had a roller coaster of a week. Today, she's stable and they have many questions, but we are committed to holding her up and her family in prayer. We prayed for Joyce Mounts, Roger's wife, last Sunday, and she passed this week. And this is, of course, a cause to mourn and a cause to come around the Mounts and the Pedicords and know that as they grieve, they also are wonderfully thankful that uh, Joyce is with her Lord. And there are many other things to pray for as the fires We pray that the snow and the cold temps save structures and beauty of the land and we know God is in control. So let's pray the Lord's Prayer together and I'll lead us in a prayer. We'll focus in on those those three lines. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, as one church body, we come together and we recognize that you are at work, that when Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth, that he did so in power, in truth, and in reality. And Lord, we recognize that you have now placed the stewardship of your kingdom into our feeble hands. And so we stand in the gap for our friends, for the Duranis, for Caitlin. We pray for healing. We pray for wisdom. We pray for guidance from the doctors. Lord, we pray for all those who knew and loved Joyce, especially Roger and Shannon her whole family. Lord, we do not grieve as ones without hope. Lord, we pray for the direction and the the heart of our country that we would all return to you. And we pray that through the process of this election that your will would be done. Lord, forgive us when we place 
other things, any other things before your son Jesus. When we sacrifice relationships for a policy or a piece of politics that will someday to us no longer be even important, we pray that we would always seek your son above everything and that we would love and show mercy and be compassionate. And so, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace, and we pray that your kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.